right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beetlecast. My name is Devin, and Zach will not be joining us today because Zach is currently getting sexual enjoyment out of watching advertisements of, uh, interestingly, actually, of ice cream uh, ice cream cake. He's He's been perving over it the entire pre-production of this episode, and I'm not exactly sure, but the good news is is that there's there's a lot of sexual immorality out there, and so think like thinking sexually about ice cream cake I don't think is really that big a deal as long as you don't give it to anybody after. So, um, in light of uh, Zach's transgressions, I guess it's just me today. Bitch, I'm not gonna fuck an ice cream cake, nor am I fucking a frosty. I swear, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to slap the shit out of my boss. All right, okay, cool. <laughs> there are um, there are multiple there are multiple uh, there are numerous accusations against Zach for <sighs> him being desirous of sexual activity with mm-hmm. frozen confections. Sure. And uh, I I don't personally understand them. I didn't understand them until today, but now I know. Guys, guys, you gotta you gotta feel me for a second. I get on Skype with him because we do this through Skype uh, sometimes, and then I get on Skype and he's just like, "Look at that cake!" And so, like normally, I'm like any other red-blooded American male, and I'm like, "Oh, what's her name?" And he's like, "Ice cream." And actually, that's not true at all. I totally made that entire uh, thing up. He didn't say that, and I did not make a funny cake joke. Um, I wish I would have thought of it actually before. And eh. now, um, I we, have thought of it now, so that's what you get. we do it live. <laughs> we do it live. That's what we do. So, uh, yes, once again, this is Beetlecast. I am Devin, and I am joined by Zach. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing all right. Doing all right. Outstanding. So, today <laughs> we act <laughs> very descriptive. Um, <laughs> we'll get into it, but um, yeah, for the most part, like it's things are fine. Just kind of. Getting just like work and shit, you know, you know how it is. I do indeed know how it is. Um, we are uh, we're having a good time over here at Beetle Milk. Uh, we've been um, experimenting a lot with the Twitterverse mm-hmm. and discovering some of the more interesting tenants, um, such as uh, the fact that we recently got looped up with a, a company that does some fun stuff. They do fun fun stuff uh, in the form of adult fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And now um, a lot of my followers are followers who do adult fun stuff, and that's fun stuff. And um, <laughs> it's really cool. And then uh, posting a Goetic Circle post, which caused a small Twitterverse implosion of racism and uh, toxic Christianity and uh, in the form lo- of some dick. I um, fucking love that that's a term, <laughs> toxic Christianity. I just made it up. I, I mean, it's legit. masculinity. I took it. I took. It, I swear to God, I ganked it. Yeah. Um. Because toxic masculinity, of course, is like the idea that you like men don't cry. You know, that's toxic masculinity. So, um, you know, uh, maybe toxic Christianity can be Jesus doesn't cry. You know, like or something like that. Uh. So anyway, that's been. I've been having a lot of fun with that and kind mm-hmm. of all that. And we actually gave the Twitter password to a few posse members and just let them have at this guy. They Which, were tag-teaming this asshole. Yeah, that, um, was, that was a good time. Like, uh, the thread has been posted a little bit on uh, Instagram, so if anyone is following the Beetle Milk Instagram, as you should be anyway, then you'll be able to see a little bit of a sample of it. And then if you decide to go to the Beetle Milk Twitter, then you'll be able to see all of it because... Uh, 
homie didn't delete his uh his messages like that little bitch. So we appreciate that for our entertainment. Oh yeah, at Beetlemonk stuff by the way. That's where you'll find that stuff on Twitter. Um and uh, so I should be I should be clear and say that um if he was just a Christian we wouldn't have bothered him. Um, that's not. not a big deal. The big deal is that we went actually went into his profile and found out that he's like anti like Black Lives Matter, called protesters apes, like QAnon really, wasn't he as well? Uh he's uh he's a sympathizer to QAnon as yeah. well. So uh total douche nozzle and uh it's a lot of fun. Like I, I don't know, I don't normally get a lot of gratification out of like being a dick to people online because I actually like being nice to people online and showing them, you know, acceptance and love no matter what their beliefs. Uh, those people though, they don't get acceptance or love. They get four posse members tag teaming them throughout mm-hmm. the night, and then they feel the need to defend themselves because of like their big white pride or what the fuck ever. And um, that's just their fault. That's their fault. They should have conceded a long time ago. Really By the way, he actually posted something earlier on our stuff as well. But oh, um, yeah? we had another person that was originally not even in it come in and like well on him. So. Uh, we got that going on. It's a lot of fun. I mean, all I got to say is hashtag praise Sarah. Hashtag praise Sarah. Oh, my God. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> this guy misspelled Satan as Sarah. And, like, it's just been a total meme in our universe since. <sighs> um, I, now I, I've taken to telling people that I'm doing Sarah's work. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's fun. The influence of Sarah is heavy on this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> for the people who are listening, Dev is just like over here face palming, like, mm. it kind of, but it kind of makes sense though, because if you think about it, uh, Satan is God's child because Satan mm-hmm. was originally an angel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sarah's, uh, you know, uh, patriarch or whatever would be, uh, Karen. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so God would be, it'd be the great Karen in the sky. And then Sarah would be Satan, the one who rebelled. Uh, so that's kind of cool. So uh, now I'm just t- thinking of Green Greenbaum's like just, um, spirit in the sky as Sarah in the sky or a Karen in the sky. In the sky. It's, it's, it's Karen in the sky, man. Karen watches over all of us, and uh, <laughs> she loves all of us, unless you're dark, in which yeah. case she doesn't love you. Which automatically hates me. So it is what it is. Oops. Don't play at a park at midnight, dude. She will know. She she knows when you're sleeping. She knows when you're awake. She knows when you are hitting on white girls. She's Karen. Damn. Um, I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that um, you know, the chosen people have to deal with all this other stuff. I can't even like say stuff like that with a straight face. It's so nope. disgusting. I don't understand why people feel. You know, like, and that's actually, uh, as I study religions and stuff like that, that's something that, like, always kind of gets to me is the idea of a chosen people. It's weird, Whoever they it? might be. It's, yeah. It's really, it doesn't make any sense when you're, like, when you look at it from pretty much any angle, it does not make any sense. Like, at all. In the historical, in the historical context, the reason for it is, I think historically it did make sense in a way, and the reason was because, especially in your main abrahamic kind of religions um it was because of covenants made with god right so um Mm -hmm. in the case of christianity it was a covenant made between abraham and god and i believe also the the uh slightly different but also covenant was made with abraham and god for judaism Mm -hmm. 
I'm not quite sure about Islam at this moment, but I will be soon. Um, and so those covenants with God, the interesting thing to me about them is that maybe they made sense back in the day, mm-hmm. but um, they don't make sense now because none of the people that are following it are direct descendants of anybody that had anything to do with that. Right. All their direct descendants, chances are, are still hanging out in the Middle East mm-hmm. and would be the beneficiaries of said covenant. Um, but for some reason, some fat middle-aged white guy is like the chosen person like that just, just doesn't make sense some, somehow some some way because i guess that like the resurgence when it came to arianism back in the 1940s and 50s because of the old uh the old uh nazitos um just kind of pushed things to that i don't know but it's uh so you know like I saw something on social media earlier that disgusted me, and there's I see stuff on social media every day that, that disgusts me. If if this podcast was about stuff on social media that disgusts me, it would just be me talking about things that are disgusting because social media is just terrible. But I will say I saw one thing earlier that hit home, mm-hmm. and uh, the reason is because, um, speaking of race and things of that nature, um, the reason is because of my wife. So um, y'all, uh, y'all probably know that Tatiana, the artist behind Beetle Milk, is uh, she's mixed and she's amazing and gorgeous. And part of that is that she's uh, got, she's, you know, she's got the curly black girl hair. I mean, it's just, it's part of, it's part of who she is. And she's always told me about how she was, uh, she grew up in, you know, Bend, Oregon, and uh, which is a white community for the most part. Um, and she got uh, she got a lot of kind of like a lot of shit for her hair, mm-hmm. and her mom didn't exactly know what to do with it because her mom was like a second generation Russian immigrant, and her dad was uh, worked out of state, and so she had to deal with struggles regarding her hair. And it's interesting because to this day, I always try to encourage her to keep her hair natural because I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that um, our society actually actively discourages um, African style hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead encourages European style hair. And so the reason I bring this up is because not only is that stupid, but I actually saw a post on uh, on Facebook and it was about, I guess, an 11 year old girl who had to deal with that. Like she had she's they had a picture of her and she's just a very pretty 11 year old girl with an afro. Yeah. And I guess he was getting a lot of shit for it. I'm just mm-hmm. like, that girl's probably prettier than 95 percent of the girls in that school. Like. That like that's the thing I think that pisses off a lot of people is the fact that the fact that um, people of other races are in many cases, if not most cases, much more attractive than just straight lily white people. Um, just beautiful, beautiful humans. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never. And I'll give you an example. What? Where is the fetish word for white guys? What is it? So if you want to talk about black guys, then the fetish word I guess would be BBC, yeah. right? Um, where's the one for white people? Hmm. I guess when you're the minority, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you're dancing, when you're the majority, excuse me, it doesn't matter. So they just automatically assume that you're, that you're going to be into those anyway. We're in which, no, no, not really. <laughs> so what about, um, what about the fact that there's entire sections dedicated to, uh, and, and justifiably, dedicated to um to ebony which is the name for black women in porn right yep and then there's no ivory section just saying 
And there's now, a... Now, 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 now. To see, the thing is that when it comes to that, it's due to specific body parts whenever it comes to them. Because Pog is a thing. <laughs> What's Pog? Fat-ass white girls. I Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh, they, okay. All they're right. Like well, certain, all right, cool. The, the thing is that there are certain varieties when it comes to that, but... Like, it's most of the time predicated by a certain body part that is being referred to when it comes to white people. Because there are people who try to do, was it, um, was it WCC? Uh, was it, um, w- WBC or some shit like that? Or in which, and just like, it doesn't work. <laughs> that's just like, that's yeah. cute, but like, search wise, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't roll yeah. off the tongue nearly as well. <laughs> I submit to you that whether, it's admitted or not. I think that we all know that ethnic people are much, much, much more attractive and, um, (laughs) and that it reflects actually in a lot of subconscious stuff that we do in our attitudes towards them. And, uh, I think that, exactly, essentially. And, um, I personally attest to this whole idea. I mean, look at my wife. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't have a strong argument. I just, that's my belief. I and mean, um yeah and you're entitled to it like it's one it is one of those things where in which like you because of just like the nature of just like seeing a bunch of different fetishes for people which one is a little disgusting in general because it shouldn't a person's skin color should not dictate if you are actually actively attracted to them in most ways shape or forms like but some people can have preferences sure but when it turns into a full-fledged fetish that's eh. And considering that, like, I was in the anime community for a long time, where in which Asians are fetishized to no end. Yeah, that, I didn't bring them up, but definitely. Yeah, like, they, it's, it's fetishized to no end, which they take... It's really interesting to look at that and just see how much they try to, to... The culture as a whole tries to take from European culture from their influences, and it makes me really chuckle whenever it comes to, like... When it comes to certain instances, like, for example, seeing people, like, go all ape, like, totally insane for, like, the most white of white, bleached white Asians. But then just, like, there are others who are just like, oh, no, Filipinos, they look disgusting. But I'm just like, cool. You keep that idea. You have that idealism. You stay over there. I'm going to take, I will take the bullet for you. I will go <laughs> over there and handle <laughs> that business. The, um, I will. You you don't like the duck. You don't like the duck meat. You don't like the duck meat. Okay, that's fun. That's cool. You go ahead and do with your shit over there. You enjoy that. You have fun with that. I'm taking all of these. <laughs> I I remember when I was in middle school. Um, actually, I had a friend, and uh, he uh he was really cool, man. I mm-hmm. I I didn't at the time. Uh, guys, please forgive me. I, I'm deathly honest on the, on this and on mm-hmm. everything else. And so part of that is admitting my ignorance. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't at the time know what Filipino was. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd never heard of it. Okay. I'm just a, I'm just a white boy in a big world. Okay. I don't know shit about shit. And so um, what happens though is I have a friend. He's Asian, uh, but I don't know what kind or anything like that. And he has the cutest sister. She was ultra cute i still remember to this day what she looked like i bet she grew up to be just a total stunner uh because i mean you know you're in middle school so i mean you know there's still like all that stuff's getting still getting figured out it won't mm-hmm. get figured out for a few more years but um i remember she was just such a stunner she was so pretty and um so one day like i like i like i was talking to him just kind of get to know him a little bit you know 
and uh, they explained that she was Filipino, and um, or they were, the whole family was, mm-hmm. and that since then I've just always been on board when it comes to like Filipino people. Like I'm just like, all right, they're pretty. That's all oh, there is to it. Like oh, yeah. that girl. But the sad part is I don't even remember her name or anything about her, but except for uh, I remember she was very pretty. But um, uh, you know, Asian Asian women has never been a thing for me mm-hmm. ever it's only like recently even been something i took any slight interest in mm-hmm. um not because of like racism just because here okay so here's the thing about fetishes i find interesting i think that fetishes believe it or not i think if some i think first of all most people won't openly admit their fetish nope but um i think that uh, we all personally can actually look at whatever we're into and actually discover something that we hate about ourselves. Mm. I think that the fetish is is a lot in, in a lot of ways actually like racism in that it's more of a reflection of you than it is a reflection of the fetish itself. Okay. And so um the things that we kind of kind of think are awesome but are disgusted by um I think like really says a lot about the person in question. Mm-hmm. And so you got to you got to kind of wonder about some stuff like uh, like the foot fetish or whatever and that kind of stuff or uh, fat girl fetishes, which, you know, fat girls are awesome. So I don't know why that's even a thing, but okay, Um, for it to be a fetish, I think I think it should just be completely normalized. But whatever, Um, I think it uh, I think it says a a lot about the person and it says a lot about what they uh, are kind of bothered by, to be honest with you. And this is a pretty in-depth conversation. Zach, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, um, has done extensive college work in psychology. Um, and so uh, when I say stuff like that and he agrees with me, it's either because, A, he doesn't want to like contradict me on my podcast, even Not though it's really. our podcast. No, I have no problem with that. Fuck that noise. Uh, okay, good. All right. Um, because, like I said, ours. Um, or, B, um, because... I'm actually a little bit smarter than I feel like I am. <laughs> like there, uh-huh. it's it's a little it's a kind of weird because when you when you look at that you when it comes to fetishes like there are some that are definitely inborn but most of the time often they can be traced to either possibility of a, tra- of a particular type of trauma that happened to them that causes like a like certain level of arousal to a certain body part or um. Very often, they are raised and like fostered socially, where in which there is a repetitive, um, repetitive exposure to something that causes that. There, the inborn ones like that just kind of that, that can just kind of happen from time to time, and people will just find what they like um, over a period of time. And in some instances, it's like it just happens. It, it is what it is. Like now, mind you. I will consistently, we will, I will make jokes about people who have foot fetishes to an extent, but is, but often it's only because they are the most out of pocket motherfuckers on the face of this goddamn earth. I know that we've talked about this before, but there are a lot of times in which like I have friends that are just like doing their own thing, kind of just hanging out, doing what they're doing, like streaming and shit. Suddenly inboxed 50 fucking messages about feet pics. What the fuck are you doing? thinking and you're not even paying any cash from the get-go you don't even front anything from the start but um moving right back to the people who have other fetishes and things of that sort as long as it's consensual it doesn't fucking matter to me i may joke on it but it realistically speaking it doesn't impact my life whatsoever minus minus one very particular fuck mothering thing 
there are two variations of this fetish that bother the fuck out of me. One, there's the one where in which white women want to get impregnated by a black bull, quote unquote, which is, excuse me, what? And then there's the other one where in which you get called the N-word in bed. That's a real fun one. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, that goes back to um, it goes, actually racism yep. and white fear mm-hmm. and things of that nature. <laughs> yep. That's, there's actually really deep side, uh, um, deep psychological reasons mm-hmm. and um all of them are wrong by the way in my opinion but i will say uh guys okay so uh i might have mentioned it on this podcast before i actually can speak on this a little bit as of today uh and the reason is because uh i uh, read this column it's called how to do it and it's in slate and it's uh stoya the porn actress who's absolutely wonderful and then this guy named rich something um i don't i can't pronounce his last name i'm sorry rich mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's, we'll have gay. it in the notes. We'll have it in the notes. Yeah. We'll put, we'll put it in the notes. Uh, how to do it's a wonderful column. And they actually talked about it. Um, because there was this person who wrote them and said, Hey, my wife and I, we have the, the hot wife fantasy thing going. And then this guy is our bull. And, um, and so they're like, but he thinks the wife might've developed feelings for the guy who's the quote unquote bull. Uh-huh. And so when I read it, I was like, okay, well that's not the lifestyle I would choose. I read his letter. It's like uh-huh. not the lifestyle I would choose. But, um, you know, I get it. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. But something they actually went into in their answer to the letter was the morality of the idea of a bull mm-hmm. and uh, the sexual objectification of guys. And so what Zach is talking about is actually the sexual objectification of black guys mm-hmm. for the sole purpose of um, reproducing. And the reason for this is it harkens back to the slavery days when there were, um, and it disgusts me to say this out loud, but it it happened. It was history. There were uh, they would pick they would pick guys with the best genetic makeup, you know, the most fit or whatever, and then they would intentionally breed them like you yep. breed dogs. And um, I'm just getting I'm get, dude. I like want to gag just thinking about it. Yeah, but, it's it's um, not a fun. It's not fun. Um, and <laughs> like just uh, and then there's also like when it comes to like the when it comes to the idea of cocking and things of that sort. Like more often than not, especially when it, it and this is primarily important. Like it varies in real in reality a lot. But often important, generally speaking, the one that's going to be doing the cucking is going to be a black guy. And it's going to be most of the time a very fit one at that. So it falls into that same fucking thing. Where in which, like, oh, this guy's extremely hot and he's black and he just happens to have a really massive dick. And there's a small white guy in the corner just jerking it to it and being sad over there where it's crashing and getting yeah. fucked. So it's one of the, and I had my hand cupped around my, around my mouth in order to make that sound effect. So sorry about that, podcast listeners. But... <laughs> Because of it, it it falls back. Everything falls back to something, and pretty much what you were talking about just a moment ago, it falls back into that. And so, it's, but I do, I do have a question for you. Hmm? If there is a fit, attractive black guy, mm-hmm. and a just use an example, a, a white couple mm-hmm. decide that you know they would like him to join them for that purpose, and he's completely down with it. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that morally, like, obviously there's historical implications, but setting aside those historical implications for a second, 
Um, because you're basically saying that you're you're offended by it, like you have issues with it. I don't and have, I, I, the, and I don't think that's wrong. I'm just yeah. asking, like, if it's consensual to all parties, yeah. that's not a problem. My issue is the prevalence of it in pornography, and because of that, it's spreading the idea and the stereotype of such. Like, there's, I have not a single. If all parties are consensual, I don't give a shit. You can go ahead and do that as much as you want. You can get in all holes by multiple. You can have a train ran on you, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't impact me in any way, shape, or form, as long as it is done, and as long as it's like in the fashion that's just not trying to exploit more than it is to do anything else. Like if the people but are the just exploitation in... is part of why people do it. Yeah, and it's... I'm not saying it's right. No, I'm not arguing yeah. for no, it. No, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. Like it's just it's a complicated matter, and there's a lot to have to unfurl there in order to like state is it just a regular situation where in which it just happens to be that case? Is it an intentional thing where in which they're searching out for that because you do have groups that do that shit? And then and then like sometimes it's just like role play that some people do that find that attractive and. In that case, because like, as long as parties are consensual, then sure, I guess. The stereotype that it perpetuates, though, is interesting. Yeah. Because most stereotypes are negative. Right. But <laughs> that stereotype actually perpetuates the idea, in my humble, misinformed, stupid white opinion, so please take that into factoring, mm-hmm. that it perpetuates the idea that black men are better lovers, that they're better in yeah. shape, that they can go longer, that they have bigger dicks. That they are just better in every way than a white guy, and a white guy should sit there and watch while a black guy just completely blows his wife's back out. And so, I mean, that's kind of a positive. Like that's so a like there it's, are it's, there are actually like positive stereotypes are actually a thing. Um, but in the way of like what would be what would Im- appear to be positive for a particular group just kind of like how there's a positive stereotype that Asians are good at math but the thing is that um people have a tendency in order to fall into what's also called a stereotype threat where in which um they there are some that will attempt to actively live up to said stereotype and then there are others who will um fail because of the stereotype expectations are there okay all right um well I don't personally know if any, you know, I don't know if any of that's true or not. I, I think I would have to ask some of my female friends who have experienced it. But mm-hmm. uh, I will say that uh, an interesting little aside to it is yeah, actually that I uh, had a uh, I had a friend in um, in Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, we're no we don't really talk anymore because uh, he got a little bit too hands on with Tatiana at a party one time. Gotcha. But, um, <laughs> He, uh, I remember one time I was talking to him and, uh, he was explaining to me that something that like, cause, uh, he was single and he was sad about it. Cause you know, I'm married, mm-hmm. I'm happily married. Everybody yeah. knows I'm happily married. And so he was kind of like being sad and he's like, yeah, I'm single. And it's like really difficult. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Cause dude, this guy was, he was, um, you know, very tall, very attractive black guy, just mm-hmm. 100% attractive guy. And, um, and I was like, dude, why why is that an issue? I mean, you're you're gorgeous. Like, you know, why would that be an issue? He's like, well, the only people that really want to mess around with me is actually married white women whose um, whose husbands are off in combat because oh, we were on a military base. Oh, oh, that hits a little close to home. Continue. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh wow, yeah, oh, I yeah, didn't know that thing. was a thing. The military wives that. is a thing. It's okay. A thing. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> And so I guess that was his primary like dating pool was like basically 
these like engagements that would have a termination date, which was essentially whenever the husband got home from combat. And um, first of all, AKA uh, base bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Which is, and, I know uh, that's a derogatory term, but it's, it's one of those ones where in which, Oh man. Um, I, I have, we're I've, talking about cheating wives yeah. here, so I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah, gonna give enough. you too much shit. For it. Fair enough. But it's just kind of, it's one of those ones where in which like, trust me that, uh, that one hasn't changed much either. It's still very strong. I, I've talked, I've talked to a couple of people that I know that are active and yeah, that that is a legitimate concern of some of the guys that I know, and the thankfully none of the women that I know. Thankfully, it um, I mean, yeah, it's just it was it was interesting to me because I think a large part of the appeal was that he was huge, yeah. like a very stock, like very tall and very well built black guy. So what would traditionally, I guess, unfortunately and stupidly be referred to as a bull, mm-hmm. he would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I guess like that's why it's kind of tied into the conversation because like I actually know somebody who served that purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was a double-edged sword for him mm-hmm. because the, 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 the positive side of the sword is that obviously he's getting laid and that's fun. Everybody the, wants the, to get laid. It's the awesome. spear, the, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And then – but the, the butt of the spear is the fact that um, nobody was like really looking for love or for relationships. Right. They were all looking for – this guy to go in there and blow their back out and then get the fuck out when their husband gets home. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I can definitely, I can definitely see it. I, I personally, I think pretty much all stereotypes are stupid in my opinion. Yeah. Cause I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of guys with, with big lifted trucks that also have big dicks. Um, and big loud stereo systems, but they'll never other- show it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, the other compensators that uh, mm-hmm. that we have built into our culture, mm-hmm. but um, and you know I'm sure there's old men with uh, nice cars that aren't having crises and things of that nature. Yeah. But um, it's just one of those things. I I do think in that particular case the historical context is interesting, and I'd never yeah. even considered, in my own ignorance, I'd never even considered that there's a way that could be harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's my bad, and uh, I apologize. To you for that because i that had seriously that thought had never even crossed my mind that yeah that harmful like I, I had to explain that type of thing to a couple different people before and it's like it is what it is like i mean part of it is just the creative manufacturing manufacturing of like just general like kind of fault sex negative porn really so it 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 yeah. there's there's a whole lot that can go into there but you know to think we originally were supposed to talk about Batman here. <laughs> yeah, we were going to talk about Batman. We'll get we're, into Batman. We're getting into Batman, but uh, yeah, like there's, it's just it, there's a whole lot that's behind it, and I would have to like go back and check some other shit out as well. But I don't have the sources in order to be able to just go on that subject all at one time right to the, right now. The I think the huge problem with that though, and if I'm understanding you correctly. Um, and uh, is that the huge problem with this particular one? Because exploitation, I mean, the entire name of the game when it comes to porn is exploitation. Right. Um, and, and it's people willingly being exploited for money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, is that black people are unwillingly exploited every single day. Right. Um, in the world economy and mm-hmm. in, um, in our country. And, use, and I mean, this country was built on the backs of uh, people who did not deserve to be enslaved. And there was no reason... Uh, nobody deserves to be enslaved, but they, mm-hmm. they didn't deserve what they got. 
And so that exploitation, uh, what what I'm getting from is Zach saying, like, even if it's exploitation that one could perceive as positive, and I'm um I'm holding up little uh, quotation fingers. Yeah, the biggest positive. Bunny ears. Yeah, the bunny ears. If it could be seen as positive at first glance, it still is a form of exploitation. And that, and especially when you're talking about people who get sequentially and always exploited anyway, it's just kind of another brick in the wall. It's kind of just another, you know, shovel full of shit, even Mm -hmm. if it looks like it's positive on the outside bunny ears again. Yep. So um, thank you, actually, Zach, for clarifying that for me. I never thought of that. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem. Um, we're here to After this, it, it, it is a podcast. We're here to talk about shit. <laughs> hell yeah! And um, by the way, if anybody that, uh, is listening to this and um, you have anything you want to add to any of our conversations, but this one or any other one, um, please feel free to drop us a line on any of the socials and uh, and uh, hit us up and like let us know yeah. how you feel about it. Um, Definitely. The only thing is, I encourage you if you uh, think that uh, there's no way that the bull stereotype can be a bad thing because you know my porn or whatever then i encourage you not to comment but if you got some intelligent conversation to be had about it i would love to hear it i'm sure zach would as well yeah definitely so um moving on moving on from that very enlightening subject um i actually dude i still feel like i like honestly just talking about like that whole thing with slavery like really fucked up my night like i my bad it's like stuff that like we really don't like to think about yeah um, but sometimes you gotta sit, th- you gotta face that kind of stuff, and you gotta like kind of say it out loud, even though it disgusts you. And it, yeah. believe me, it disgusts the fuck out of me. Oh, I know. Like, trust me, I, I don't, I don't have to like question that type of thing when it comes to you. So I understand that entirely. Um, well, I appreciate you co-sign on my disgust. Yeah, um, <laughs> because it's not, it's not a, it's not a fun topic. <laughs> it isn't. It really isn't, especially mm-hmm. when your dear friend and co-host is black. And has to deal with a lot of these issues today. Um, it's n- it's never fun, but I will I will say that um that eleven year old girl man who had the afro and got made fun of, um what's going to be funny and if if anybody who knows her happens to listen to this years in the future, what's going to be funny is all those people that made fun of her in about seven years are going to be like. They're gonna be like up in her DMs, mm-hmm. and she's gonna know what's up, mm-hmm. and uh, she's gonna be a strong, beautiful, independent woman, and I can't wait to see it. Um, nothing makes me happier than seeing strong, independent black women out there just fucking owning the world. And if you are a strong, independent black woman, then my friend, please go out there and own the world. Yes, and uh, have all of the encouragement of the Beetle Cast crew because we. Love you, and if I had a fetish, it would be for strong, independent black women who don't need no man. Yes, <laughs> and like not only that, but also like any any POC, any person of color whatsoever, True. any minority, True. whatever you got. Like we, whenever you're succeeding, you're succeeding not only for yourself but for everybody and pushing everything forward. So Straight we want to see more of it. <laughs> we want to see the glass ceiling shatter. Fuck the glass ceiling. It's glass because it's easily broken. Mm-hmm. People say it's glass because you because when you're down on the bottom you can't see it, you know what I mean? Like you can't see you can't see it as see through, so you don't know it's mm-hmm. there. I say fuck that. I say it's glass because it's easily shattered. That means and that's, that's not true. It's that's just the time very, that we need to start throwing rocks. <laughs> yeah, just start throwing some fucking rocks, y'all out there, man. My 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 friends and family out there, um, my beetle milk family that are out there that are people of color. Like I look forward to seeing you guys own the world and by guys i mean guys and gals everybody in between everybody everybody i look forward to it it makes me happy just thinking about it 
Um, and um, I hope that I hope that uh, you guys will go out there and follow your passions and everything like that. So uh, that little motivational tab, you know, I got to have a little bit of motivation every single one. So uh, that's going to be that one. Now, uh, Robert Pattinson was announced not too long ago to be the new Batman. Mm-hmm. And that was and, a decision I was actually, I was a little skeptical about, but I was thinking, well, we've had like other bad possibilities before. So sure. Why not? Then I saw the lighthouse. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Robert Pattinson was excellent in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. He killed, he was wonderful. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen the lighthouse, uh, we actually did it. It was one of our first, um, frightful Fridays with beetle milk in the discord. And um, it was a, it's a Promethean tale. Although they never tell you it is, you kind of got to look it up and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess the part it, I can't give it away, but there's a part. Yeah, yeah I was going to say just we uh, yeah. we we don't need to give much more information than what you got, and what you got already is almost already too much. So yeah, go watch it. It's great. Yeah. So um, Robert Pattinson is is definitely a diverse actor, and I think that um, I, while I can't envision him as Bruce Wayne. Um, I also had a hard time envisioning uh, the obvious one is Heath Ledger as the Joker. I yep. think all of us were like, you know. Um, but then again, sometimes the online hate that like these actors get when they're announced for casting, sometimes it doesn't make any sense when you finally see it. Like uh, people gave shit to Ben mm-hmm. Affleck, but now he's considered to be one of the best live action Batmans to ever be on screen. Yeah. And um, he doesn't even want to be Batman anymore, which is funny because well, now he's just kind of – I they mean, did do an announcement. I guess he's coming yeah. back for the Flash. Yeah, I mean to be fair, he did kind of get fucked out of the what he wanted to do with the with the role of the Batman for the film that he was trying to direct. He got fucked out of that. So I can kind of understand why he doesn't want to really do the character anymore because most of the stuff that he was promised got um, removed from him. But that also being said, in comparison to my illustrious co-host here, I actually did watch the trailer for the batman <laughs> i didn't i haven't seen it yet it doesn't give away all that much thankfully um like hypothetically speaking just because of the question marks and stuff that they had inside of it i would assume that the villain is going to be the riddler but it seems like a much more ruthless version of the riddler which i appreciate it's more like the late it's more like the later comics riddler like closer to like miller um style of what riddler would be um I'm not a Batman person, really. I'm I lean way more to Marvel than I do DC. But that being said, um, I do respect a lot of comics that it comes from, like the Bruce Wayne that um, Pattinson has shown so far in the um, trailer, at least, was done very, very well. Like it, like it, he character wise, like uh, just like persona in general, like um, like presence. He seems like a solid, at the very least, a solid Bruce Wayne, and the Batman part, he um, he fits, he fits, he actually fits. the The cowl actually fits. So I'm not even really, I'm not even mad about it. Like uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're gonna do. Not to mention, um, good job of choosing a a one particular Nirvana song in order to have in that in that uh in the trailer. So uh, um. Something in the way. Oh, I actually don't recognize. I don't know that. Song. It was from Nevermind, I think. Yeah, it was, it was on a Nevermind album. It was the really like slow paced one, uh, that um, like 
underneath the bridge. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I'm trying to remember what the lyrics are, but it's been a while since I listened to it, just like in general. So, um, but it's a really, but it's actually one of the good ones, and also it's the original version of it, which is more important because we know that in most trailers, whenever they do a song from the '80s or '90s, it's most of the time a slow-paced cover. Instead, we just have a oh, yeah. like a, a slow, a slower song, a piano slow-paced. Did yeah. you, what trailer was it that like did like the it was like it was like ding ding is like is some woman with a smoky beautiful voice and she's like I see skies of blue yeah I don't remember which one it is but I know I know what you're talking about yeah and it was like it was effective <laughs> like it was like oh my god that's actually kind of effective like because what a wonderful world of course which I think was Randy. Um, Randy, whatever from Toy Story, like you got a friend of me, guy. Uh, it's not, it's not Randy Blythe. That's Lamb of God. <laughs> Although I want to hear that. I see skies are blue. It'll take too much off. I mean, the original was Louis Armstrong. So was it? Yeah. Um. Oh. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. It was recorded originally by Louis Armstrong. The song was written by Bob Thee and George David Weiss or Weiss. Um, well, the, cover, the version that I know is that is that other guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, unless unless I mistook Louis Armstrong for him, in which case that's a good possibility. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's Louis is Louis Armstrong. So it's Louis what a, Armstrong. What a beautiful so, song. Um, um, it was 1967. Yeah, 1967 as a single. I'm just I'm I'm pulling off the information just to make sure that I'm just remembering it right. But that is the one. That is that is the one. And like all others are pretenders to that. the throne. Yes. Oh my lord. Oh, I feel stupid. But hey, um so yeah, they took it and they slowed it down in that one trip. I'm gonna tell you one that they did really well though. Mm-hmm. Um, the Watchmen trailer. Yeah. If you remember, um they had uh, Smashing Pumpkins that come out with two songs uh one was called the beginning is the end is the beginning yeah, and the other yeah. one was the end is the beginning is the end mm-hmm. and they used the slow one for the trailer um and uh it was just so effective sometimes slow like music and trailers really works but i do have noticed that trend i mean even in the jurassic world trailer the original jurassic world trailer it had the you know um you know uh dun 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 like on a keyboard like on a piano you know and it like flashed in the scene so that's an interesting trend that's going on because for a while you had like a lot of electronic music and a lot of like Mm -hmm. you know and um honestly the one trend in films that i'm really glad is starting to die out is using the fucking dagolo blue green filter oh oh god that filter so much and i blame and that's 100 on i partially blame marvel and also michael bay for that shit the people like okay. to give the island less credit than it does but that movie had that was one of the earlier ones i can remember that had that filter and goddamn if it didn't show up everywhere else it's kind of funny because i'm watching you on video right now um i found that these podcasts are a little bit better if we can see each other and uh, i'm watching you right now and it totally looks like you have a blue green filter mm-hmm. so <laughs> So right, the the, 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 cho- the choice was intentional. I had to throw it in there at some point. The um. So uh, I actually wanted to ask you, di- diverting away from from the Batman for mm-hmm. a second, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, Zach, what is your favorite? Like, what is your favorite song of all time? And hit like if you were stuck on a fucking island and you had an iPod, 
um, that can only have one song on it, Oof. what would that song be? Because I know Fuck. mine. I know mine. Like I, dude, I know my song, but I want to hear yours. Mm. Oh, that's really hard. Um, I'm trying to think because like there's a lot that I would love to have on that particular like on that one, but since it's only one song, it just like makes it very difficult in order to think. Uh, maybe um, the only one I can really think of would probably be, and this is going to be a pool. So if anyone actually knows who, what this song is, I will be definitely impressed. Uh, Paladeus by uh, Stasera. It's a like it was a band that didn't exist for very long in early in the mid two thousand early to mid two thousands. Um, they had one album, La Progressione del Cor, and it was actually like basically a fucking EP, and um, that was one of the like lead songs from it, and that was one of the ones that I just like I've can I've listened to that song a lot over the years. Like there are some that I've listened to more this year. But that song always ends up coming back somehow or another. Man, that is awesome. So if I had to pick one song Mm -hmm. to stay with me for the rest of eternity, Mm -hmm. it would be um, Ben E. King, Stand By Me. Fair. That is a strong one. It is so good. It's like such... The thing about Stand By Me that's so special Mm -hmm. is that melodically... It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The sentiment of the song is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are simple but effective. Mm-hmm. The melody is awesome. Agreed. Everything about that song. And like if I wanted to like make you think about that song, all I gotta do is go doom 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 doom. Right? Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And uh it's just a bass line, right? And um it's such a beautiful song. And it's been covered many, many times, but nobody's touched King. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like, I will him, say so. that the only one I can think of that's anywhere near it is maybe the Florence and Machine cover. Florence and the Machine cover. But even Florence then. Florence and Machine cover Stand By Me? Yeah. I'm so happy I didn't know that. Yeah, they actually did. And funnily enough, like I had heard it a little bit beforehand, but that was actually one of the lead songs for of all games, Final Fantasy XV. But yeah, the um, Florence Machine did it, and they did an amazing job of it. It's, it still doesn't hold up to the King version, but still, it's really, really good. <laughs> I'm looking it up right motherfucking now. Florence and the Machine stand by, and then we're gonna look up yours as well, so people can hear it. Okay. Um, because I, I think I, I, I obviously want people to hear the things that you're passionate about. Of course, makes, you know, it's obvious. All right, skip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Florence. Mm-hmm. Florence is such an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So what was yours called again? Okay. Uh, Let me send it to you. Let me find it and send it to you real quick because the spelling of this thing is a hell of a thing. Hmm. While you're doing that, I'm gonna tell you that I don't know. Um, I don't know. Ghost Buddy, are you a big Green Day fan? Um, I'm, 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 I'm in there. I'm definitely in there. I really do like um 
Green Day overall, yeah. Did you um did you know that Florence and the Machine before they became Florence and the Machine they were called I think the Incredibles or the Perfects or something. They covered basically the entire Nimrod album. Oh. Yeah, and that's Hello. awesome because you got like her covering the Grouch, you know, and so it's Florence. It's like an acoustic guitar or something, and she's like, "I was a young boy that had big plans. No, I'm just another shitty old man, right?" And it's just like, "Oh, Florence, you got a filthy mouth." All yeah. right, I, I'm a fan. I, I dig. I dig. <laughs> it's really good. It d- definitely look it up. Like Florence, and, just look up Florence in the Machine Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well done. It's not professionally recorded. I think it was probably like recorded at like a bar or something. Um, this mm-hmm. had to have been before they got big. But um, Florence is like one of the most beautiful voices out there. Yeah. So she's wonderful. Florence, if you hear this, uh, we're admirers. Somehow and, uh, if, the, if it get, manages to reach from our mouths to your ears in some way, shape, or form, yes. And you should definitely get Billy Joe into a collaboration with him because I, th- I I think he would appreciate it and I would appreciate it. Yeah, um, just do, just yeah. a personal favor, just for just for just for me. Okay, so this is going to be uh, Zach's pick for his song that he would take with him to an island, and um, I I'm really actually very excited. It's uh, by Stasera. It's called Palisades, and uh, let's check it out. I'm gonna skip just like into it a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah definitely. Just of it. Oh. Oh. I like that guitar, dude. See, I won't get copyright protected on the podcast, though. Right. That drum line's a little weird. Right? It sounds like, it sounds like Flyleaf. If Flyleaf was better, <laughs> all right. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. All right. Yeah, guys, Stasera Palisades. Make sure to check it out, man. That is Zach's jam, and uh, probably going to be my jam soon too. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So you um so mm-hmm. one thing that I've never really been into <clears throat> What's up? and uh but uh I've kind of a little bit a little bit more gotten into it with uh, some bands recently mm-hmm. is uh actually so female fronted metal has never been my thing. It's not cuz I have anything against females doing metal. It's just because um I don't know, it's just something I never I was always like a lamb of god dude, but And also it's surprisingly difficult in order to find like a lot of them because they it's it's harder to all right. I've found more female fronted death metal bands than I've had of just like standard rock bands. And it's really weird to say that because there are some really popular ones, but a lot of the ones that I have like melodies and stuff that are a little bit different and ones that I actually like aren't there. <laughs> they just aren't there. It's um I mean, obviously in the music industry there's a um there's a lot of sexism mm-hmm. and so you even see it with metal bands, um, like you see um, uh, in this moment, for example, yeah. who's wonderful, by the way. No yes, hate definitely. on in this moment. Um, I love their song "Horror," for example. I think is absolutely wonderful. They're really, they're just really great. Um, but you see, like half the music video is her half naked. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a lot of bands. Like, uh, what was the band with? Um, what's oh my god, what's her name? Uh, the 
the really famous metal singer, uh, Arch Enemy, right? The one for Arch Enemy. Yeah. There's yeah. her, and then there's the other one, Lizzie Hale, um, from Hailstorm. <clears throat> um, the thing is, is like I think they kind of just have to give in to the sexualization and just roll with it, and that's kind of what happens. Um, but the best example, actually, believe it or not, is Amy fucking Lee. Yep. Amy fucking Lee is the best example. And the reason I say that is because when Evanescence was like starting to get big, um, Amy Lee didn't really want to be the focus of the whole situation. But the record label A made her B mm-hmm. and B, they didn't even trust her enough to carry their first single. Do you remember Evanescence's first single? I do not actually. Wake me up. Wake oh, me up. I, did, I thought there was something. I thought that it was something mm, else. That was their yeah, first it, single. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. And so what happened was the record label forced them to put the guy who is from like Twelve Stones on the song because they didn't think Amy Lee could carry the single. And so that's why you got that. You know, all this time I couldn't believe it didn't say that fucking weird ass like middling. Yeah. Semi rap verse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of like Diet Lincoln Park. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that was so weird. And uh, it's it's because of that. And then, but the thing is, is Amy Lee could carry a single. Mm-hmm. Amy Lee could carry a band. Oh, Amy yeah. Lee was fucking killer and still is. And um, it's just like, it's really weird. Like, this kind of like, it's like sexist because it's like, okay, we're going to make you put a guy on this. But then it's like also sexist because it's like we're gonna put your face on the album cover and nobody's gonna know who the rest of the band are. They're just gonna be nameless dudes. And this is why um, me being a dynamic like person that I am, mm-hmm. um, I actually got invited to uh, jam with and join several popular female fronted bands, and I always turned them down because I just knew that that was a part of it and I didn't wanna I didn't wanna yeah. deal with it. Um, that's not to say that there's anything against joining bands like that or anything yeah. like that. Please don't take it that way. It's just my own personal preference. But then again, I'm a failed musician, so maybe <laughs> I should have. I'm just saying, maybe if I would have like linked up with September Morning or something, maybe uh, it would have worked out better for me. I will. I don't know. I will say that there is actually a singer that I ran into more recently that is probably. It's hard to say rock in her case. Kind of hard to say rock in her case, but not really. Um, because she's like classically trained like, musician and singer. But it her shit is wild. It's um, Lingua Ignota. She, out of like female singers, like out of the last few years I've found and ran into, she is the one that has made probably the most impact on me, period, within that time frame. Because like the way that she sings and the topics of her songs are striking um <laughs> like uh what is it um there's just there's so much there's so much inside of everything that she ends up making and it's always impressive like and for example the her first like major album that kind of caught on was Caligula so let me just go through a couple of these um song titles, okay? Yeah, let's do this. Do you doubt me, traitor? Butcher of the world. May failure be your noose. Fragrant is my mini flowered crown. We're in which big ups to that one, considering that um she's also singing about like slitting people's throats there. Um, if the poison won't take me, my won't uh, if the poison won't take you, my dogs will. 
Spite alone holds me aloft. Fucking death dealer. I am the beast. That's not like all of her. them, but that's a lot of the titles <laughs> from these songs. And like, those are some clever titles, man. <laughs> and one of and her live performances are insane, and it's something that I wanted to go see. Like, I if she was playing this year, um, like if this year was like a standard year and she was playing this year, if I had to drive to New York in order to go visit, in order to go watch a performance of that, I would drive or fly to New York in order to go see a performance of that. If it was Maine or somewhere in the north, in the northeast, in Boston or whatever, I would make that drive. I want to see that performance live because one of the performances i saw she was singing her song but also like walking around while like full mace like morning star sideways swinging a fucking um like floodlight the entire Jesus. time <laughs> and like is this 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 chick of viking like border <laughs> like her singing sometimes will make you think so but it's really 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 good <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. What's her name again? Lingua Ignota. Um, I'm trying to remember what it is, but it's Latin for language of something. I just can't remember what the Ignota part is. <laughs> that is dope. All right. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, we're talking a lot about female singers and female, um, very talented females. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that all of them are queens in my heart, but there is only one goddess. Hmm. And that one goddess is named Missy Elliott. Okay. <laughs> All right, if you got if you got issues with Missy Elliott, you got issues with me personally, okay? Because Missy Elliott is a goddess. She just saying. brought that shit back a couple years ago, and I was so yes, happy to see it. Oh, God, so happy so to good. see it. She's so good, man. She, dude, I and it was funny too because I've been like singing the gospel of Missy Elliott for ages, mm-hmm. and um and what happened was everybody's like Lizzo, 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 and Lizzo's fine. Like, don't get me wrong, she's she's um, good. Lizzo's, she's she's Lizzo's doing her great. thing, she's got good but. But people are like, Lizzo is like the, the heir apparent to Missy Elliott's crown. And um, first of all, Missy Elliott will never give up that crown, even in death. Okay. Oh. But the second thing is that uh, Lizzo made the mistake of having uh, fucking having Missy Elliott on that song. Mm-hmm. I might have talked about it on, before on something. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but if I haven't, I'm going to do it again because I love it so much. Okay. The song's called Tempo, right? Fucking and it's... Fucking murdered her. <laughs> Dude, murdered her. Ate her alive on her Ooh. own fucking song. Ooh. Fucking Missy Elliott is goddess status, okay? I'm going to listen to Missy Elliott as soon as we get off here. I love Missy Elliott. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen um, to Her and Timbaland, too. I remember back when they were just changing the face of music. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, they were just, they were rocking it, dude. Oh, my God, I love her. Okay, so uh, if you never listened to Missy Elliott, just uh, go back and check her out. She's wonderful. Also... Um, looks don't play into this, but I'll also say she's also a woman who gets more beautiful every single year that goes by. Ages are better than a fine wine. I don't understand really it. Does. She throws, she's but what it, what, time just reverses when it comes to her. Not to mention, she's one of the only people I can think of that managed to make the trash, the plastic bag, tr- the plastic trash bag fashion, like, oh my God, giant yeah. <laughs> fucking clothing back in the and 90s. <laughs> and the goggles just <laughs> like, that man's like, you know what? Right. That's a trash bag that I'll take out to the curve and go ahead. I'll take out to the curve, think about it for a moment, bring back in and see if there's anything salvageable in there. What's up? <laughs> She's wonderful. You know, my wife actually explained that to me one day with a small little phrase that I still think of sometimes because mm-hmm. obviously wife is mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, she explained it to me because me and wife talked about Miss Yeah. Uh, she explained, she said, black don't crack. It doesn't. And it that doesn't. is motherfucking true. <clears throat> I see a lot of like campaigns to like 
make us believe that women like Madonna, who Ugh. are getting older now, Madonna's yeah. like got to be in her seventies, like that they're still beautiful and stuff. And and she is in her own way, yes, absolutely. But when Missy Elliott hits seventy, she's gonna be twenty times prettier than Madonna. Okay, uh, so she's just aging gracefully. <laughs> just she is, she's wonderful. I don't like I I saw I saw Madonna earlier this year. Whoo whoo whoo! That was. An experience. Nobody needs to see Madonna in the bathtub. Nobody needs to see that. Oh my! Oh days. yeah, you're no. talking about that thing. Like uh, it's our the Great Equalizer. Ooh yeah. Madonna, was, the yeah. the Great Equalizer is death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or maybe that was Lady Gaga who did that. It anyway, was, I'm not sure. It, it was it was something. It was something, but it was just like just seeing her like kind of talking about shit while like in um social isolation. It's kind of like uh, uh, why yeah, that was Madonna. It's about yourself. No, get out of here. <laughs> They, um, I, uh, Missy Elliott, if you hear this, please know that, um, if there's ever a church of Missy Elliott, I will be a bishop. Okay. If I'm allowed, if I'm, if you will see fit to allow me as pathetic and terrible as I am, um, I will, I will gladly be a bishop in your church. On groveling knees, please. On groveling (laughs) knees. Uh, so, (laughs) you know. That's cool. So uh, that's that's uh, that's all really great, and I, I hope you guys will check out some of the stuff that we talked about on this episode. Because um, uh, Zach, especially, one thing that really impresses me about Zach is that he's like one of those dudes. Like, I'm I'm just gonna call him out real quick. What up? He's one of those dudes that's like super easy to like. Like, um, stereotype is the wrong word. Um, he's super easy to like classify. Like, it's like, oh, Zach's a gamer. He likes Mortal Kombat. He listens to heavy music. But then you ask him, you actually ask him, you say, oh, what do you like? And he starts naming off shit. Remember the last podcast? It might have been the one that was deleted, but it was like Octavarian or yeah, something. Yeah, Octavarium from Dream Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like talking about Dream Theater. I've never even listened to Dream Theater. I was listening to Limp Biscuit, <laughs> And so like fucking like it's like people are much more complex than you give them credit for. And uh, I love these explorations of Zach's complexity because he's got a lot uh, behind <laughs> that awesome exterior. Um, <laughs> so it's freaking awesome because there's no complexity under this exterior. I'm I'm a, I'm a suburban white boy. Yo, yo, to be fair, to be fair, though, like a couple days ago, I started listening to Papa Roach again. So I can't say shit. Oh, dude, dude, I actually I was uh, when I was working at Walmart, mm-hmm. I, my coworker, I remember um, on the radio because Walmart has a radio that goes 24 mm-hmm. seven and um, fucking um, my coworker, he's like 21. And so I realized how old I was because uh, Janet Jackson, right? Um, the song, I think it's called Miss Jackson. Um, I could be wrong, though. It's the one where she's like, because uh, my name's Janet, Miss Jackson, mm-hmm. if you're nasty, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, dude, not only is this a dope song, but you remember that Papa Roach song where he's like, my name's Kobe Dick, Mr. Dick, if you're nasty, <laughs> right? Rock a mic with a voice that's raspy. Nasty, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh. I'm like, dude, you don't know about Papa Roach? Uh. Like, uh, but Papa Roach is another one of those bands that I talked about before that, like, if you're a suburban white boy, it's like, it's like Bound by Law. It's the suburban white boy Bible, Infest by Papa Roach, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored yep. Water by Limp Bizkit. Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. Um, these these albums are like necessary. Like you have to know them mm-hmm. by heart. I was and, gonna um, say, didn't you? Um, yeah, Infest. That was the one that had. Um, was it Blood Brothers on it? Yes, Blood Brothers was on. Yeah, that was yeah. the that was yeah that was what I was listening to. So because Blood and Brothers also partially because 
Tony Hawk is coming back soon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, Blood Brothers is great. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite song from that record, actually, though, probably just mine, mm-hmm. is... um. Is uh oh, I forget the title, but it's like, there's no money, there's no possessions, only obsessions. I don't need that shit. Fuck your money, dude. What is that? God damn it. Um, between angels and insects. Okay. That that's the song. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was on Infest, right? Yeah, that's on Infest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Between angels and insects. One. Nineteen yeah, years ago, good. my guy. <laughs> That is a good one. Um, because then, like, the thing about Papa Roach, actually, believe it or not, Zach, if it's something you feel like looking into, Papa mm-hmm. Roach got better. Like, look into their record, uh, The Paramore Sessions. Okay. Um, it's so fucking good. Like, it's not as good as Infest, but that's because Infest was, like, they were still, like, young and pissed off. Mm-hmm. You know, cut my life into pieces. This, this is my, my last resort. resort. <laughs> suffocation. <laughs> Dude. Oh my god. It goes so hard though. It goes so hard. Like it's like it's just like this manufactured angst. But the thing is, is that uh later on Papa Roach like actually kinda got really good at songwriting. They stopped doing the rap stuff. Mm-hmm. And um just look up the Paramore sessions. It's it's a great, great, great album. And um rock solid. Rock solid. The single the lead single from that one was um To Be Loved, mm-hmm. which was a really great song. Yeah, I remember that one. I do remember that song. Yeah. Wow, I never give up. Wow, I never give up. Yeah, dude. Um, I, and also, I partially blame fucking watching wrestling to that reminds me of that one because that was a theme for one of the shows for a while. For a while, why but would they make yeah. to be loved the theme? Like, it, like I just want to be, want to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was SmackDown back in like that around about that time frame. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but to give credit to uh, Jacoby Shaddix on the lead singer Papa Roach, mm-hmm. I recently was um, showing somebody Wolf Totem. By um, I think it's the who, um, the H U, right? They're the Mongolian metal band. Yeah, um, they've been picking up steam recently. Um, I I don't know if it's pronounced who, like you know, like the who, like yeah, you know, pinball um, wizard or whatever. There's a but, good um, chance it might be pronounced that, but but I'm honestly not 100 sure. But uh, they did a, a remix of Wolf Totem with Jacoby Shaddix on it. Ooh. And um, and so like it's dude, it's super good. Like and the thing is, if you watch the music video. It's like so apparent. They're just like having a blast hanging out. Like Jacoby's just like so stoked to be in a room with those guys. Like, cause they are so talented. If you guys have never listened to them, the um, H U they do Mongolian metal, and it's in Mongolian. So it's like it's like it's like, and then you guys got got guys in the background. You they're like, who 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 who, and it's just like it's so it's like so cool and like. Because Mongolians obviously historically are conquerors, and so what they talk about in a lot of their songs, because they have the translation and the subtitles, mm-hmm. is actually what happened. Why did we go from being conquerors to um, the culture that we have today? Which I don't know much about the culture, but apparently the Who feels a little bit of disgust with it. So he's like, "But we're conquerors. Or our lineage is that of conquerors," and um, it's just really, really interesting. He's like. They're like talking about why do you turn your back on your culture? Why do you turn your back on everything like that? Which is interesting because in America, like we have a lot of people who yell about that stuff, and um, there's a huge debate over whether American culture is valid really at all. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I do find it interesting in the case of the Who. So, but they're talented and just amazing and great. And their music, if their music does not make you want to go beat somebody up, and I don't mean like in the artificial Slipknot way, I mean like somebody who's wronged you. Um, and just conquer something. If it doesn't make you want to go conquer something, 
then like you you don't have a pulse because like <laughs> that shit is great. And I, I like the Jacoby Shaddix version. I like both versions. They're both really great. Yeah. But one thing that they did differently in the Jacoby Shaddix version that I thought was a great take was they um in the original they didn't have standard because uh, they used Mongolian instruments. Right. So they didn't right. have like standard, you know, like your standard like twelve piece drum kit or whatever. Yeah. Uh they added that for the Jacoby Shaddix version. Okay. So like it had a lot stronger, like just a lot more straightforward drums. And whether you prefer it or not, it's a personal choice. I personally think it sounded really great. Um, because there were some really great like fills, you know, like boom 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 my god, I love it. I'm, I got like a playlist to listen to after I get off here. <laughs> yeah. Um so um, I, I, I love it. Mongolians are awesome. And a word up to all my Mongolian friends out there. I hope you're all doing well and conquering. Um, so that's dope. And but I mean, that's like commercial Mongolian music. I'm sure that there's like a lot of really great Mongolian music that's not quite so commercial. But please remember that mm. I am but a small suburban white boy. So I only know what YouTube tells me. And before that, what MTV told me. My tastes were dictated entirely by MTV. That was the only factor. Did MTV think it was cool? Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart. And I'm like actually doing the dance. The Oops, I did it again dance right now. Yeah, I know it. So what? Yeah, but I thought the old lady threw it back into the ocean at the end of Titanic. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I love Britney Spears. Okay. (laughs) I love Britney Spears. Hey, have you heard about the conspiracy with Britney Spears? Uh, Which one? Uh, well, it's not a conspiracy. She's being held in like, um, like basically, uh, I don't think it's a mental institution, but like she doesn't have control of any of her own assets or her kids. Oh, that's like basically shit drew, drove her crazy. Yeah, mm. and that's sad. It's yeah, fucking sad. Very. I mean, that's that's uh, not a that's not a good way to live. Hell yeah, she's worth millions, mm-hmm. and other people have control of her money. It's ridiculous. Um, so that sucks. So, um. Uh, word up to Britney Spears. Uh, hope you're uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. And uh, a lot of us out here still admire you and think you're wonderful. And uh, you know you're awesome. So be well, please. Okay, so Zach, I we ran a little bit over, my friend. Yeah, so no, um, we did. That's okay. I think actually we got into some pretty hard hitting stuff. Yeah. Um, some stuff that's like actually like really worth thinking about in this episode. So. Um, if if we can if we can bring light to stuff that maybe people don't think about that often, then we've done our job. Most of um, my friend, do you have any shout outs? Um. Well, I was going to throw this one out. Shout out to Tatiana, <laughs> like for grinding as hard as she has been. Which just to reiterate, Tatiana is is one the artist of Beetle Milk. Two, an amazing human being. Third, and back, Devin's wife. So, <laughs> shout out to her. And in that order, intentionally, because we're not overshadowing anything here. Uh, shout out to her for, like, grinding out and doing all the shit she's doing. And somehow still managing to exist inside of the Beetle Cult server as well. She goes hard for you guys, man. She goes hard. And, um... It uh honestly like our plan Zach knows about it our plan for the next few months is gonna be very very hard on her but she's but the the payoff will be absolutely worth it and um we me and Zach together are gonna make Tatiana's wildest dreams come true and um 
no, that's not a sexual situation. <laughs> that is uh, her doing whatever she wants to do as far as art goes situation. Although, I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. No. Nah. That, <laughs> um, nah. Nah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was, I was going to reference our earlier conversation. I was like, actually, that would be completely tasteless and rude. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm probably going to cut that out. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I was just kind of saying it for your reference. Um but so, uh, okay, cool. I'll tell her you said that because you know she doesn't listen to the podcast. No. Um, so uh, that's great. She hears your voice would... on a daily basis anyway. I think that she can take a break. <laughs> yeah, she um, she's probably getting sick of it by this point because uh, all I do is talk. That's all I do. Um, I would actually like to give a shout-out to my mom, believe okay. it or not, who also doesn't listen to this podcast. And the reason is because my mom has had kind of a hard – go of things um, for a while and I'm not going to get into her personal business because she ripped my head off but I will say it's not exactly been easy for her Mm -hmm. but I had a conversation with her the other day that made me truly happy and what it was was I told her about doing all these podcasts and all these different things and I told her I told her I was like Ma you know when I was a kid you told me about you know all these different situations where people were talking about like um dude your son doesn't know how to shut up he should be a newscaster um like he should like you know talk for a living and i was like so mom the thing is is actually i took that to heart and i've been actually working on talking for a living because it's something i'm really good at and my mom spent the next 25 30 minutes telling me stories and laughing her ass off (laughs) about when i was a kid and i didn't know when to shut up and uh, i still don't obviously of course and uh And uh, and it just made me really happy. It made me really happy to have her laughing like that because I don't hear her laughing like that that often. So sharing memories with her was a beautiful moment, and I really enjoyed it. That's good to hear. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Me and my mom, we, we, we had it rough for a while, but we've been we've been doing really well and getting along really well and just, like, kind of all that stuff. So I've been really excited about it, really happy about it. Um, and uh, so word up to you, Mom. I love you. And if you do get a chance to listen to this, I uh, I hope you're doing well, and maybe I'll call you sometime yeah after this maybe we'll see (laughs) after you listen to your music first (laughs) yeah but um yeah i gotta listen to all that music first right um but uh yeah so shout out to her um so guys i think that that wraps up this episode of Beetlecast. um as always um from zach and i and the entire beetle milk crew we hope that you're staying safe out there we hope that you're you know everything's going good for you and that life is Mm -hmm. looking up and we want uh, nothing but the best for you. And we just, we hope things go well. Um, if you want to look more into Beetle Milk, all you got to do is go to BeetleMilk.com or at BeetleMilk on Instagram or at BeetleMilkStuff on Twitter. Or if you want to look into Zach, he has an excellent stream on twitch.tv slash ghostbody. So make sure to check that out and uh, make him hydrate. And um, <laughs> those fucking ghost bucks, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I got like 287 on the channel right now, by the way. So you you better you better have a bottle of water next to you. All right. Because um, it's coming. But all right, guys. Uh, any any other words in closing, my friend? Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think we pretty much hit everything that we needed to at this point. Beautiful. Everybody, have a lovely, lovely day, night, whenever you're listening to our voices. Be well. And we will see you on the next episode of... Beetlecast. Beetlecast. That's my Randy Blythe. Beetlecast. Beetlecast. That was actually not bad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you start a metal band? Anyway. Okay. Okay. Cool. We're out of here. Bye. Later.
too much credit. Seriously. This podcast has been a presentation of Beetlemilk.com. For more information on Beetlemilk, check out www.beetlemilk.com or any of the various social media sites. We're on all of them. For more information on Ghostbody, be sure to check out twitch.tv slash ghostbody. We put a lot of effort into this podcast, and we hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please stop by Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It helps us with visibility, helps us get noticed to the world at large. And other than that, stay beautiful, perfect, and amazing.